Don't give up. Don't give up. It's easy to throw in the towel. Believe me, we've been there. So just don't give up. Those who stay, remain steadfast, God's going to bless. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Gerald and First Lady. Yes. They're doing everything. That's how I remember we did the same thing. <laughs> We're still doing some of them things. Yes, sir. Um, um, and this wonderful body of believers, listen, do not yes. underestimate the power that it gets um, made manifest through small bodies of believers. Mm, amen. I have a special place in my heart for New Life Churches because my son-in-law and my daughter lead the worship in, um, in Midway. Midway? There's a Midway. Midway Church. Uh, New Life Midway. That's uh, with Pastor Mark Job. So. Uh, they lead the worship over there, and, they, and I'm still mad at him because they stole my daughter. <laughs> you know, how dare they? He comes, marries, us, marries my daughter, and then they takes her away. <laughs> but I bring you greetings from Urban Rock. And uh, we've been on a very similar journey, you know, for a lot of years. And when we first started, it was tough. It was amazing. You know, I, I feel you. You know, we were, we were setting up and breaking down. Mm. We, we, we rented from, uh, from the YMCA, mm. where we both worked. Yes. Um, Pastor Gerald and I both worked. I, it, you know, we, we did a lot of outreach work, and some of that still resonates with us, and that's why you're doing some of the things you're doing. There's some parallels here. And so I remember having to set up the night before and then to get everybody to break down. And after a while, you know, everybody's excited, right? You start this new church and everybody's excited. And then people are coming and, and then I had this launch team and we had about 20 people. And then I said, look around the room. Because in a while, people will start dropping off. Oh, no, pastor. Oh, no, I'm here, I'm here for the long haul. And then they, you know, you start, you start to, you know, they start falling off by the wayside. They move on. They get attracted to big churches. And I understand it, right? But there's a lot of power that gets done, a lot of wonderful work that's done with small churches, through small churches. So um, let me pray. And uh, we're going God, you know, I just... I'm in awe that you even allow a person such as myself access to your throne. You're an amazing God. That you use the smallest person here, the worst person who thinks that they're insignificant, and their prayer can move your very heart. God, you're awesome. It just it's, Think, Lord, that the priests of the Old Testament had to go through all kinds of different things just to be able to approach your throne. And you allow us, because of the high priest through Jesus Christ, yeah. you allow us to be able to come into your very throne room. Any day of the night, in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake most of us up, and Lord, to be able to come and cry out to you and say, Lord, I'm, I feel like I'm ready to throw in the towel. So I pray you would... Uh, Bathe Pastor Gerald and his lovely wife with an extra measure of grace and power by your Holy Spirit to be able to
continue to lead this flock, and then you would empower them to go out and make disciples in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. So yeah, ten and a half years I've been doing this, and um, I, 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 uh, I've been doing. I was doing social services for forty-four years, for, and I started when I was five. <laughs> April eighth, I'll be. Uh, it's my birthday, so I, you know, it's still, it'll still be in my mind, and uh, won't tell you how old I am. Well, I'll be. I don't <laughs> and I see you got a White Sox fan. I like that. I'm a White Sox fan. All right. We're here. We're here. I feel you. I live on the north side. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, the good thing about, the wonderful thing about small starts like this is that you get an opportunity to kind of um, do things different. You know, the churches are steeped in a lot of traditions. There's a lot of tradition this and tradition of that. And, and we miss opportunities to be real. Yeah. And so small churches like this, I, you know, we, we, we kind of do some real crazy things at Urban Rock. You know, we, we start off with some real, like, lively music. We're walking in. All, so some people get a little bit shaken up when they come in. But we, we want to be able to say, we're going to do something different. We, we don't want to do the traditional things. I want to be able to be real so that people can be able to see that there's, there's a different way of doing things. You know, a lot of them are, are, are stuck with battling choirs. My choir is better than your choir. You know, that my choir is, you know, you, your committee, things get done through committee. Over here, you just make a decision. You know, a lot of churches are stuck like that, steeped in tradition. And so they begin to die off. You have an opportunity to do a, it's like a do-over. You ever, you ever did the do-over when you were a kid? You know what do-overs are? Anybody know? Or uh, a do-over was like, a, or when we were playing and they, you know, we played we play, play shooting each other. And then like, I'm a new man, right? I'm a new man. Well, a do-over is we get an opportunity to do a do-over. And so you get an opportunity to do a do-over. And if you don't like it, you can say, you know what, this didn't work, we're going to do it over. That's, that's what's wonderful about this. You're not stuck with somebody saying, well, we did it for the fifth, past 15 years and it worked back then, but it may not be working anymore. And so we have to look at that. We have to say, how can we be able to be a light wherever you send me? Yes. So do-overs are real important. I think God has grieved... Yeah, by all the, the, the systems that we have through the church in the U.S. You know, that we, have, we have systems. We, uh, <laughs> spotlight. Uh, we have systems in the churches that are just killing churches. They are. It's just like you go in and it's like the... And so I'm, I'm trying... I used to, you know, we were at the Y... And sometimes I would, I would turn the chairs and make the sanctuary a different way. And people walk in, you know, they, they had a hard time, you know. But just to make, change it up, you know, we, we put the sign all the way on this side. And we put the pulpit on the other side. Just to cause people to see that we don't, we don't want to be conformed only to one way of doing things. And it makes it exciting. 
Because then people are looking forward to see what, what changes is he going to, you know, he's kind of crazy, so he's going to make some, some changes, right? And um, so one of the things that, that, you know, I kept hearing here was we want to see God's glory, right? One thing that strikes me is that um, you ever read in scriptures when, when you see that God's glory shows up and, and like even the priests are high, afraid to go into the temple or um, like chapter 19 of, of, uh, of Exodus where they're praying and, and, uh, and, and Moses is going to go to the mountaintop and the whole mountain is, sh- is shaking and the glory of God is at the top of the mountain. And, 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 the, and the people are saying, no, no, you, you go up. And, 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 and in Hebrews, Moses says, uh, you know, he was really scared. And they were saying, no, you, you go up. And so Moses went up, right? But it, it, the glory of God was there. And so we, we start looking at that, and we want that now. Right? We want it now. Sometimes I don't know about you, but I sometimes say, man, God, if you could just show up right now, man, that would be really just, right? Can you just, you know, do something? But you know what we, we miss? He really does do it. He really does do it. He does it the way you, in your testimony. He does it in people's lives like the uh, young man that, that is covering for me, for me today. He went from a gang member in the hood. And I was doing outreach with him and talking with him. And now he's a police officer. That's, 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 that's miraculous. The glory of God showed up. It took time. God transformed him. I have another one that used to be a shot caller in the hood. And, uh, you know, Chucky. And, and he, he, he was, you know, he had no problems, you know, split his head. He was that kind of a guy. And God allowed this piece of clay to reach out and work with him slowly. And then he started being transformed by the power of God. Yes, yes, yes. And so eventually, you know, we, we, we started getting him to start working. Then he, he really caught the vision of God. He really did. He kept saying, I want to stop selling drugs. That's what he kept telling me. He was receiving, uh, uh, you know, assistance from the state. He said, I want to stop this. I want to get a real job. Yes. He couldn't read. Mm. He could not read. And so I got him a tutor from uh, Moody. Mm. And then I got him working with that. And I got him in for a, a real low-level job within the YMCA. And slowly he started being transformed by the power of God. Yes. You believe me now? He makes more money than I ever made. <laughs> he works for Metro now. Wow. He's explaining all these difficult things. And he reads. That's the power, transforming power of Jesus Christ. Yes. And it comes one to one. Yes. You see, we have to understand that we, we carry the light. Yes. We carry the source. Mm. You see, we just got to be able to, to spend time with people. And I, and I tell people, it costs. Yes. This is going to cost you. Mm. It costs you time. Yes. It costs you effort in praying. Mm. It costs some time with that person. And it may even cost you some money. And so those are some of the things that we want to be able to look at. I mean, just uh, one of the things that really struck me about this church is that, I don't know if you know it, but you impacted this community with all those purple uh, crosses. I saw it on the news. I'm saying, what? That's the glory of God. That's the glory of God showing through this little body. And I'm sure 
that just like in the um, times of, of Jesus that the Pharisees were saying, who is this guy? You know, like in Acts chapter 5 when they were showing up and even the shadow would, would touch and heal people. And there, then, then the Pharisees said, who, who are these guys? I'm sure some of the churches that are steeped in all those traditions were saying, who are these guys? Who are these? Who putting all those purple crosses out there? You know, who, who are they walking around praying and, 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 and wearing T-shirts and, and baptizing people out in the street? Who, who are these guys? They don't even have a choir. <laughs> right? Wow. Think about that. And, and, and so we think, we think size is important. Yeah, it's important, right? When, when I have a big congregation, everybody wants that, right? But you know what? Sometimes the big congregations, you got a lot of dead folks in there. I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> right? And so I'm not criticizing them because, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, New Life, you know, Midway, they, they have a big congregation, right? So, and, you know, we, we, we have a small one up there on the northwest side. So, but, you know, there's, there's the, an opportunity here for you to be able to impact people's lives. Yeah. We just got to fall in love with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. See, we got to fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. We got to really fall in love with Jesus. And, and this is what happens. A lot of times we are okay with just saying, I want to do some good things, but we want to live our own way. Mm. And see, we, we, and there, there's something about the fact that you've got to be able to say, I'm going to live holy, and I'm still going to help. Right. Nothing wrong with helping, yeah. but you got to live holy. Yes, you know, yes, because people are watching you. Mm. You're the only Jesus they're going to see. Mm. You see, and if they see us, and they see us when we compromise. Mm-hmm. Let, let me tell you, they, they do. They see it. They say, look at, look at, look at them over there. <laughs> I see them toting the Bible on Sunday, but look, at he's toting over there drinking and doing You know what I mean? I mean they're watching and so we, we got to be above reproach. Yes, God is calling us like that, yes. right? And so, you know, one of the things we want to be able to see is that, uh, what you're going to see now is that we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 47. Come on now. And so uh, I wish I could tell you all that, you know, I, I'm deep and that I read this and, and, and this really was spoke to me, but I was reading a book by Dr. Tony Evans. <laughs> Nobody knows that guy too much. Well, and his book is called, um, uh, it's titled, America, Turning a Nation Back to God. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I saw this, this, this book, and um, we, we received it, and I, I started reading through it. Wonderful, wonderful, powerful book. And, and I gleaned out a message from, from chapter 4. And it's from Ezekiel chapter 47. And it's amazing because Ezekiel chapter 47, I had never really looked at but every time I continue reading this book over and over again, and I read it over and over again so I can be able to say, how can I glean it out and take this message? And so it is not by chance that I'm here today. I believe God allowed me to be here today to give you a sense of encouragement. I believe God brought me here because Pastor Gerald called me like a week before, a week and a half before, and I was like, man, I'm on a roll at Urban Rock, and I, I, I almost told him no. And then I went to the, my prayer closet, and God said, go. And I said, man. I said, but things are going over here at Urban Rock, Lord. You know, Urban Rock. Urban Rock. And he said, you just put one of the men in charge over there, and you come over here. 
And so I called him up and I said, you know, he's stirring me. And he's stirring me in such a way that I'm saying, what the heck? This is crazy. Look at chapter 47. If you don't have a Bible, I wish that you would. Because, you know, God uses the doors of our eyes to be able to reach our souls. You see, he uses the doors of our ears so he can reach our souls and our heart. And sometimes we, we, we do not open his word. One of the flaws that we have as believers is that we do not know his word well enough. And so, unfortunately, what happens is that people are saying many things that are not biblical, and we're still sitting around saying, amen. Think about that. We're talking about amen. Oh, amen. What are you amening about? You know, is it in the word? That's what I usually... We, we want to be able to examine. Plus, listen, they even examined Paul. And so you should be examining anything I'm sharing here. Yes. Even Pastor Gerald. Yes. You, anytime he says open the word, we need to look and see, is it in the word? That's right. And for, we, we have this problem mm. in America. We're amening about things that are not in the word. Mm. You know, godliness is a cleanliness is next to godliness. Amen. <laughs> That's not in the word. Hmm? You know, he's, if, he, if he takes his job away from you, he'll give you a better one. That's not in the Word. That's not in the Word. I'm sorry. I, I burst somebody's bubble. What? You mean he's not going to give me a better job? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. You know, I, I didn't see Paul go from being stoned to a better job. He was being stoned. And he was like, whoa. Right? So we, uh, we, let me tell you, don't tell anybody this, right? This is our secret here. But we will be persecuted. Yes, sir. When we start walking with God, we will be persecuted. Yes, sir. And see, what we do pray is to protect us. I never see that in the scriptures. I never see protect us, Lord. He says, help me be bold. Embolden me so I can be able to clarify, clearly convey the word of God. Right? Because there's, there's places where they're, they're, persecuting, they're persecuting more Christians now in other parts of the world than even during the biblical times. We have to understand that, that it's coming here. Yes. You see, there is no, you know, we're going to make nice with everybody. It doesn't work that way. Mm. The holier we walk, the more people resist. Mm. Just tell somebody, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. They go, you're one of them. Mm. Right? And so sometimes I tell people, hey, you know, why do you hate Jesus? All he did was die for you. So we have to look at that, right? And so chapter 47, of um, it intrigued me, and I've read it and reread it, and, and every time he gives me a fresh wind, fresh fire, to be able to bring it to people so they can say, wow, that's, that's interesting. So uh, look at chapter 47 with me, and um, I was going to ask you to stand while we read God's Word, if you don't mind. I'm using the New American Standard, so it might be a little different. Then I was going to bring my King James, but you know I said let me bring my New American Standard, and I do I do like the King James version. It says, "Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east, and the water was flowing down from under from from the right side of the house." Uh, from the south of the temple. That's the house is the, is the temple of God. Mm-hmm. All right? 
He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the, on the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, in, in, in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits and he led me through the water, water reaching my, the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the waters and the water was reaching the knees. Again, he measured in a thousand and led me through the water and the water was reaching the loins. Again, the measure of a thousand, and it was a river that uh, could, could, not, uh, uh, could not forward, it couldn't handle it. For, for the water had risen enough water to swim in, a river that could not be forded. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river, and then I had returned, be, and be, returned. Behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees and on one side and on the other. And then he said, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah. Then they go toward the sea, be made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the sea became fresh. It will, it will, it will come about that every living creature which, swam, which swarms in every place where the river goes will live, and there will be very many fish for these waters go there, and the others become fresh, so everything will live where the river, river, river goes. And it will come about, the fishermen will stand beside it, and the Angeti and the Anaglame, uh, there will be a place for the spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, uh, very many. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, you know, if I would have read this on my own, I'll tell you the truth, I would have been like, what? What? What's going on? But thank God for told brother, Dr. Tony Evans. He gave me some insight. And then as I kept studying it, stuff started leaping out. One of the things that the, the, the Spirit of God does and what God's Word does is that he parallels many times words like water and he, and he, and he, and he attributes it to the Holy Spirit, right, to the work of God, right? So it's the, the living water. And if you notice that it's coming out from under the temple. And we're going to see some, some stark parallels there that I believe that this church is already doing that I would uh, even venture to say that other churches should take note and follow your lead, honestly. Because we, we, we want to take this, this word out, Right? So we, we want anything we do, usually anything I do, anything we do in terms of outreach or like we do with the cross, we want to see what is the return? Who's being attracted and how can we follow them up? One of the things I used to teach the staff is that if you don't follow up, then you haven't done your work. You know, you can make contact with, you know, people say, oh, I talked to the guys in the street. Okay, but that's only one time. You see? You gotta de- you gotta develop a relationship. The only way you're gonna make an impact is you gotta have a relationship with somebody. The only way we were able to work out peace negotiation between warring gang members is that I had to somewhere along the way have my staff make contact with some of the guys in the hood and then make them to get them to get to to meet all the way to the governors and then lieutenants and then make it all the way to the top so then we can begin to say okay now I want you to meet our leader. 
And then once I developed a, re, uh, a relationship with them, what we did was we collected IOUs. And the way we did that was by doing things on their behalf. In other words, going to court with them when they had a court case, they had a situation crisis, then we would try and step in and work with them in, uh, in, in working to help them get a job or getting back in school. That's what I talked about with Chucky. You know, I met him in the hood and slowly started nurturing him. He needed a man, and then we had a program that we called, um, um, uh, mentoring. We would mentor. That's what we did with the program that you had. We would mentor the, the young men. Because a lot of times, the father's absent. And so we... We're trying, we weren't trying to replace the father. We were just trying to mentor them. They needed a man to be able to teach them how to be men, right? And usually, I'll say, I know there's a lot of wonderful single-parent homes and led by women, wonderful women, but only a man can teach a man how to be a man, right? right. Now, they could help, you know, right? But, you know, they needed that, all right? So we wanted to see that, that water brings life. And we, were, we wanted to incorporate them. What allowed us to be able to uh, incorporate Christ when we were doing the work in the street was we were the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association. Now, uh, I had favor with God during that time. And I planted Urban Rock. And so I used the Y, and it was twofold. I was bivocational, which is crazy. <laughs> but what happened was that then... After five years, after a number of years, we got new CEOs, and the new CEO had a problem with me incorporating Christ in the midst of the program. Our program was very small, but it had tremendous impact. And so we've seen transformed lives. Why? It wasn't because we were good. It wasn't because uh, we were the best, we used the best uh, um, method, methodology. It was because we really had all those sociological Approaches, but we also had Christ. And we prayed before we did any of these things. And when we did that, we were able to see people's lives transformed. And so getting into a gang is a process, not an event. Getting out of a gang is a process, not an event. Coming to Christ is a process of a series of events. Because somewhere along the way, someone started praying for you. You're here because someone was praying for you. And so that tells us we need to be praying for people. Why? Because water got to flow yes. from the temple. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, water's got to flow from the temple. Mm. You can do it, and you are doing it. Mm. And so that, that, that whole thing with the, with the crosses, it, it hit us. And while you were doing the crosses, we were doing the front porch outreach at Urban Rock. Mm. We just happened to cross paths, and I saw his, you know, the, the, on the Channel 9, I think you all were on. Right? And so I saw that. We, we, we had some dialogue. And then I said, you know, we're doing something similar because I had left and then that CEO didn't like that and it eventually cost me my job. Mm. All right? But then God was calling me to full-time ministry anyway. So he was stripping me at the same time because my identity was in the YMCA, not in Christ enough. Mm. And he said, that was for a season. Now I'm moving you to this season. Yes, sir. Yes, All right? And so I was, tell, yeah, I was telling Pastor Gerald that I, I went through some, some very depressing times because I was depressed because I lost it, and that was my identity. And I said, man, they're not calling me because 
you all don't know it, but I was really the, the who's who in gang intervention in, throughout the city of Chicago. And so if, if they would say, if, if, if you don't have Kenny at the table, you don't have enough, you don't have the right person. Because that we work throughout the city of Chicago in different areas. If you look up, uh, in case you're, you're doubting your thing, <laughs> come on. You look up Kenny Ruiz, Chicago, a whole litany of stuff. And I, I paid him a lot of money to make me look good. Right? <laughs> so there was an article. So what we see here is that we, 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 we want to be a, a living water. Anytime you drink water, listen, you can't go past three or four days without water. Mm. You'll die. Right? You can go without food if you drink water, but you cannot go without water. Interesting that God uses the parallel between the water, right? And so um, what we see here is look, look at chapter 47 again and look at the first two verses. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under, from under the right side of the house, from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me out around the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. Now, who's the he? So who's the he? This is Ezekiel being carried in, in a vision by a he. Who's the he? And so we're trying to figure this out. And so if you just take a few pages back and go to chapter 43. Mm-hmm. We'll get a picture of who this he is. Mm-hmm. All right? And then it says, are you, you found to say Amen. Amen. So it says, then he led me to the gate, and the gate facing the, toward the east. And behold, the glory of God of Israel, the God of Israel, was coming from the way of the east. And his voice was like the sound of many waters, when the earth shone with his glory. All right, so. <laughs> That's a theophany. Theophany is a physical manifestation of Jesus before he was physically born. All right? So that's what it's talking about there. And like, look at verse 3. It says, And it was like the appearance of the visions which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city. All right? Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? And it says, The visions were like the visions which I saw by the river of, of Chibere. And, and I fell on my face. Okay, so now that's how it gets you, lets you know this is, this is the second person or God himself, right? Because he fell on his face. Angels won't allow you to worship them. You see? An angel's going to say, no, get up. I'm a servant just like you. Yes. And so the fact that he's able to receive worship tells you that that's a theophany back in chapter 47. Isn't that crazy? Yes, the glory of God, man. You guys have something good going here. Please do not be discouraged. I know that, I know that th- these times get tough. I know that two or three people missing is like, oh, we got sparse attendance. Mm. Hmm? You feel like saying, oh, my goodness, what, what are we doing here? Mm. But understand that we heard about you all the way on the north side. 
You see, God used that to be able to impact some people and say, wow. And so what we were doing at simultaneously is we were having a front porch outreach. Because while I was being stripped away of all those things and I went through that depression, I said, man, how am I going to do this outreach now? I had the platform by which I could do that. We offered the gym. You see, we offered opportunity to get into GED programs. And then I was stripped of that and I said, well, God, how am I going to do that? He says, just walk with me. Yes, sir. Just walk with me. And so what I did was I started walking and listening. And through my depression, he said, this is what you're going to do. I came across an article. It was called Front Porch Outreach. And I said, okay. So they were giving ideas. and They were, they were talking about how back in the day they had front porches. And that's where people mostly sat. And then when people went by, they would, they would see uh, the people and they were able to speak to them. As time went on, People got, had money, then they moved the, the front porch to the back porch. And the back, back porch was the backyard. And so they disconnected from the community. Yes, sir. And so we have, and the church, have really disconnected from the community. And so I said, okay, how are we going to do this? So I said, what will we do? And we made some T-shirts, and I wish I would have brought one. I was supposed to bring one. But I was trying to get all the churches to wear their logo in front. So we got Urban Rock Church in Chicago, and you got the, the skyline. Right? In the back, I asked the guy to um, make me an angel as though he's battling demons. All right? So I tell him, but I, tell him I don't want a little sissified looking angel. <laughs> you feel me? Yes, sir. I, I, said, I said, I want an angel, you know, looking buffed. Yes. Right? And the wings, and, and make them bald. <laughs> right? And so I put, I put some scriptures back there. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, the angel of the Lord campeth around those who, who fear him. And then what he did was he made these, these wings. And on the wings were demons trying to get to a man who's praying in the middle. So it was really cool. And so we, we put in our urban rock colors, which is maroon and, and, and gray. So we, we wear them anytime we were going to do the outreach. So we, I said, well, now we're going to come out in front, and we're going to play music. And so one day, so I was driving, I said, what else can we do, Lord? I'm driving, and I see uh, a drive through restaurant. And I said, well, wait a minute. You know what we could do? We could make signs that say, drive through prayer. And so on diversity, we, were, we put cones, and then we had about 40 people out there. And we were on either side. We had drive-through prayer. Now, when you see and you're driving by a church, what do you usually see on the signs? Car wash. So people are going. They're trying to read it. We're going. So we have bottles of water. And I'll say, free. Free water. Water brings life. So, you know, I'm acting crazy, running down the street. Hey, water, water, want some water? Free prayer. They said, what do we do? Pull over. Do you believe what happened? You know what happened? The, the, when we were first doing it, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. I told my church this, too. I was nervous as heck. I was saying, what if this blows up in my face? What if they start cursing us out? Right? Because people get angry. And so I was nervous. I was acting Bold and, yeah, we're going to pray, we're going to do this. I'm going, God, just one person, if you could just bring one person. Yes. 
right? And then when we got together, we prayed. The, the worship team got out there in front of the university, uh, started playing, and then we had all this stuff out there, and I'm going, oh, God, I wish somebody would stop. The first persons to stop are Muslims. Mm. <laughs> Is that crazy? Yeah. And they came, and they, and they were practicing Ramadan at that time. And he said, what are you doing? I said, well, we're praying. And he said, for what? I said, because we love the Lord. Mm. Now, I'm not going to start debating there. This is not debate. We're just here to pray. Mm. See, we're not here to have doctrinal differences. We're just, I'm just going to pray. I just want to present Jesus. And so he said, and who do you pray to? And I said, well, we pray to Jesus, to God through Jesus. He said, well, we believe in Jesus. I said, well, good. Do you want me to pray for you? He said, oh, go ahead, I got, I got family members, some Christians, some are Muslims. So I prayed for him right there. And he walked away, and, I, and that was the first family that came by. We prayed for them. We didn't debate, just prayed. And so next thing you know, the people start pulling over. Now people are crying. I'm like, oh my goodness, this really got crazy. You know, people, the guy pulled over and said, why are, he kept telling me, why are you doing this? And I said, because we love the Lord. He said, yeah, but why are you doing it? And so he said, do, do you want a donation? I said, no, I don't want your money. He said, but why? He kept asking me why. And I said, just, do you have a prayer request? We want to pray for you. He said, well, my girlfriend don't let me see my son. I said, and his voice cracked. I said, okay, so we prayed for him to you know, be able to see his son. We, I understand that baby mama drama. Right? We understand that. Right? But, you know, God is able to bring peace in the midst of anything like yeah. that. So while you all are doing this, we're doing that. Mm. You see? And so then I said, okay, well, we're doing this once a month. That's only once a month. So I said, well, now what are we going to do? I said, let's get on our bikes, and then we'll, you know, wash the shirts and come put them back on. And we went on our bikes, and we put our Bibles on our handlebars, and we started riding through the neighborhood. Mm. And we started just praying some people walked. Some of us rode our, rode our bikes. We rode our bikes and we stopped in certain neighborhoods. And there was some, uh, we went by this park and there were some gang members there, right? You knew uh, they had their cap cocked to the left and, you know, they had teardrops in their face. And, and so then I rode by and, and, I, and I was with another guy. And he used to be a Latin king. And, he's, you know, I'm, God's glory showed up and changed his life. I'm dropping by, riding by, and I said, hey, what's up, guys? And he goes, hey, I said, first of all, I want you to know we're not 5-0. Mm. All right, 5-0 is police, just in case you don't know. Hawaii 5-0. <laughs> then they said, they kind of smiled. They said, I said, um, I just got a question for you. I said, if you could ask God a question, what would it be? Mm. See, I didn't say, where would you go if you die? You know, those are the old 1970s, 80s ways of approach. So I just said, what would it be? And the, the guy, he got a little teary-eyed, and I started reading him. Why? Because I got a lot of experience, 40, 42, 44 years. So I asked him, I said, hey, well, you know, what would it be? He said, then he, his face hardened. After he got a kind of teary-eyed, his face hardened. He went, why am I still here? See, so that tells me he either lost a friend to a shooting or he was next to him when he got shot and he didn't get shot. So I told him, you know that? That's a real good question. 
I said, I'm glad you asked. I said, maybe God, because he loves you so much, allowed you to be saved until this point so that he could send his servant so that we could say to you, God loves you. You see, you see what happened? Now, I didn't stay and keep on talking with them. That's sometimes what we make. They make the mistake that we keep talking. I said, you know what? But I'll be back again. And I rode off into the sunset. And I came back. <laughs> <laughs> then I came back again. I came back the next week. And see, so it, it's got to be an ongoing thing. <laughs> it's got to be an ongoing thing. We got to keep going back yeah. and showing them, I want to hear where you're at. What can I possibly do? Because then if, I, if he wanted a job, and see, this summer, I'm going right back over there, right? Because I may run into, I ran into another one of his friends, and I asked for him by name. So I met a few of them, so I know where they hang out, right? Now, the guy that was with me, a former Latin king, he said, man, you know what? I would have left the moment he gave me attitude. And I said, well, see, we can't do that. Because a lot of times, when they give you attitude, it's because they're testing to see how real you are. That's right about the love that you claim to have. So sometimes we got to weather the storm. We can't give attitude back and get our head to moving. You know, we got to say, you know, it's, it's okay, right? And I'm going to come back, right? Love's got to break through. See, the living water's got to come out from under the temple. So, so now we know that that's a theophany. And then he says, verse 3 in uh, Ezekiel, when the man went out, Toward the east, with the line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the waters, and the water was trickling, it was sort of saying, and it filled up to his ankle. This, this is what I believe is happening. I believe that God is, is, is allowing, we're, we're in the trickling stage, y'all. We're in, we're, in the, we're in the trickling stage. God is allowing the church of Jesus Christ to get out from behind the walls and trickle. We, we cannot get this solution. That's why I said, don't quit. Because it's easy to quit. You said, well, we need more water. Yeah, but just keep, keep trudging along. Right? He's promising that it's going to fill up. Yes, sir. Right? And so he's saying, it got to the ankles now. Right? I don't think we're at the ankles. I told Urban Rock, I believe revival is coming. Yes. I, believe, I really believe revival is coming to the city. But at the same time, the enemy's coming in like a flood. And so we understand there's, there's, it's two-pronged. We're going to face persecution, but we're going to see the power of God. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. The only time you see the power of God or the glory of God show up is when you get out from behind the walls. Yes. You see, he's not going to come visit and you all are together here. And you guys are going to some nice goosebumps. Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Right? He's not going to visit. He's going to give you. This is just for us to get started so we can go out into the hood. Or wherever, or you're, you know, if you're front porch. And so the front porch, I said, so it can't be only the front porch in front of the church. The front porch could be on the front porch of your porch. It could be in the park. You just go out there and read your Bible. And if people go by, you just pray for them. You don't got to go argue with people. You can just begin to pray for them. God will open the door for them to come and ask you a question. You know how many people are, 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 are hungry for, for, for the answers to the Word of God? That's why we have to get to know the Word of God. So he wants us to be able to say, okay, then what's your front porch? Yeah, we can do it as a unit, corporately, just like we get together corporately and we worship God. 
But then we do it individually, wherever you go. Your, your front porch could be at your job. It could be at Starbucks. You like Starbucks? Nothing wrong with reading God's word right there. Right? You can be praying for people. You don't have to tell them, I'm praying for you. Oh. No, you just pray for them. Right? Because you can be able to have impact like that. Eventually, they might get, just come up to you and ask you a question. What are you reading? I have that habit of seeing somebody with a book and I go, oh, what are you reading? Because that strikes up a conversation. So, so we look at that. So now, how does that water translate? So go quickly with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Hold your finger there because we're going to come back here. I'll get you out of here soon, right? I promise. I'm going to say, don't bring him back. He talks too much. All right, so we know that that's a theophany, that's a physical manifestation of God, or the second person of the Trinity, in, in, in Ezekiel. And then we see over here in John chapter 4, and pick it up from verse 13. All right, you found this? Say amen. amen. It says, Jesus answered and said to, the, to her, that was a lady by the well, everyone who drinks out this water will thirst again. In other words, the physical water. You're going, to, you're going to thirst again. He said, but whoever drinks of the water I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him or her a well of, of, of water springing up into eternal life. That's the salvation. See, you got saved, and then the Holy Spirit came into your life, by, and then he brought life into you. You see what's happening? So, so watch that because he, he's talking about that in Ezekiel. He's manifesting it here in, in the New Testament. Right now, we know he's talking about end times, but doesn't mean that it can't be happening because this is a process. Water takes time to go trickle down. And when, as it goes down, down the mountain, it brings life. Right? But this is the water it's talking about here is the water that brought life to you into eternal life. All right, now go with me to uh, uh, John chapter 7. And we're going to pick it up from verse 38. You found it? Amen. Amen. Look what it says. He who believes in me, this is Jesus, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Oh, glory to God. Somebody get this. See, what's going to happen is this water that brought life to us, as we go and share the love of Christ and we begin to pray for people, then life will flow from us yes. into the life of other people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you see what's going on there? You see how he, he brings that together? And then he says, but this is, he spoke of the Spirit. See, he's, he's attributing that water to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He spoke this of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not been glorified yet. All right? You following that? How, that's, that's, how we, we are life givers. Yes, sir. We bring life. You say, okay, well, that's the temple. Okay, so now I want you to go with me real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. I know I didn't give you this one, Pastor. God, God kept talking to me. I couldn't wait to get here to share this with you all. All right? 
First Corinthians chapter thirteen. I mean three, chapter three, and we're gonna pick it up from verse sixteen. You found it? Say amen. amen. Look what it says here. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? You see the temple? We're talking about the physical temple in Israel, but now he's saying, because that water welled up in you, now you are the temple. It says, so he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I like the King James Version. It says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? See that word dwelleth? Lives. You know, I go, I go home, I dwell in my house. I go visit other places, but I dwell in my house. Right? And so he's saying, we dwell in here. And the Spirit of God, what our problem is, is that we are not attuned to his leading. We, we've got to be attuned to his leading. And the only way we're going to be attuned to his leading is that we've got to spend time in God's holy word. That's right. That's right. And he said, well, I want to hear from God. Crack open the word of God. Yes, sir. That's, that's, that's what he's going to speak to us through there. Mm. We, we avoid opening God's holy word. Mm. And usually I tell people, you know, I tell them, my congregation, I'd like them to have the actual Bible, the book, mm. right? Because, yeah, you can have it on your, on your you know, uh, iPhone, but you can also get a message from somebody while you're looking at the word. Distraction. See, the enemy, he's going to cause distraction. He wants to be able to distract you. If I'm only in the Word of God, I can't receive a text mail. I can't get a text. I can't get a Facebook. Right? I can't go mosey on over to the Facebook while the pastor's talking too much. I got to stay focused. See, God wants us to be focused on him. He said, we, we pray, we want to have the glory of God. Oh, God, give me your glory, oh, God, oh, God. But we don't spend the time to be able to say, God, I really want to seek you. I, I want to see God's glory. Yes, you know, I want to feel the earth shake. It's going to scare the heck out of me, but hey. I say, okay, 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 I believe you. Right? <laughs> so think about that. It's amazing what he does. So out of us, what I'm, I'm here to tell you today, out of us, flows rivers of living water. But we have got to drink of the living, of the fountain. You see, church on Sunday is just not going to get it. Mm, come on. My goodness, that's a good word. Say that again. Just Sundays is not going to be enough. Just, matter of fact, you don't believe me? Just eat on Sunday and then don't eat the rest of the week until next Sunday. And see how you're going to feel. You come in here dragging, right? Pastor, you got any food? Right? Because you'll be dragging. So we have to understand that just like we eat daily, we need to spend time in God's Word daily. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, he, he wants to... Do, we get this? this? This is amazing. I'll let you go, honest. This is... God Almighty... Wants to meet with me. Yes, Lord. He wants to meet with you. Yes. You, you see, I mean, when, when I say, what a privilege that is. I, I have to text pastor. I say, man, I'm just having an overwhelming feeling because I'm saying, God allows me to go into his throne room. Yes, yes. And we take that for granted. I say, man, God, you really want to talk to me? 
You really want to hear my, you already know what I'm going to say. But he still wants to hear from me. Yes. Three in the morning, I could call him up. He's not saying, I don't get an angel says, hold please. He's busy. I don't get that. I get access to the throne of God. The problem is that we don't access it. So we can't see his glory. We don't see the power being unleashed. And we think somehow or another we deserve what we're getting. And in some cases, the people who are not receiving Christ, they're going to get what they deserve. That's what happens. Because, you know, people like to say, you know, uh, you know the God I believe in, you know, he doesn't send people to hell. I said, really? Well, what God is that? Because that's not the God of the Bible. He loves you, but he's a just God. Right? And I said, oh, but how's that love? Well, the next time you go to court and he sends somebody to jail, you say, hey, man, where's the love there? He only killed 15 people. Where's the love? Right? So, you know, we don't question the judge's uh, love. He has to be just. We serve a just God. The difference is that he took his son and sent him down to die for us on the cross to pay our penalty yeah. so that we can be redeemed yeah. and we don't have to go. That's right. Isn't that right? So I understand that. You really get that? He's like, I'm not going to be judged like that because he sent his son and God allowed me to be moved to receive his son as Savior. Yes, and so I'm, I just dropped by this morning to tell you, don't give up. Yes, sir. Don't give up new life. Yes, sir. Don't give up. I know, you, I know you're tired. I know you're tired. But you know, Jesus only walked with 12 people. And one of them turned on him. All right? And so sometimes people are going to turn on you, even in the church. But you, stay, you remain steadfast. You keep loving. You keep walking. You let that water flow in you and through you. Bring life to this community. Be that bridge. And go and take the word of God to everyone who breathes and talks to you. In Jesus' name. I praise this. Thank you, my brother, for having me. Thank you all for, for, for lending me your ear. I pray God Almighty will be upon you all. Yes. And if there's anything that we can cross paths on, you know, we know each other. Yes, sir. All right? Amen. God bless you real good. My goodness. Bless you. <laughs> mm. Mm.